How and when should you draft wide receivers in your 2023 fantasy football drafts? It's time to find out right here and right now as Michelle and I look at him on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk. I'm a researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Yeah, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, We are Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day and michelle it's a good show today for sure we looked at the quarterbacks we looked at the running backs now we're going to do some of the wide receivers in our 2023 season long rankings here so looking at our rankings a lot of similarities but some key differences as well that we'll break down here so let's dive right into it and look at our top of eight we'll do one through eight first go nine through 16 then look at 17 through 24 and then we'll do the back half of wide receivers uh, digging a little bit deeper on the next show here for you so let's look at michelle's first here one through eight tyree kill is number one justin jefferson two stefan diggs at three cooper cup at four jamar chase five emon ross st brown at six Devonte adams at seven and garrett wilson rounds it out at eight now i have justin jefferson at one jamar chase at two tyree kill a still very strong number three cooper cup exactly in the same spot at four stefan diggs a little slide to five i've cd lamb in my top eight at six mr st brown pretty close on him at seven and garrett wilson we both have at number eight so let's dive right into these uh, rankings here now there's obviously something right away that we're looking at but the two things that stand out is you have hill over jefferson at number one and I think we've kind of uh, flip-flopped here, Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs for the most part, but I have Chase at number two. So let's start there with Hill and Jefferson, Michelle. Why Hill over Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, it's super close, right? I, I think I'm going with Tyreek Hill because last year he was on pace to be the wide receiver one with Tua actually there playing. So they've only, last year, Tua and Tyreek Hill only made it through nine full games together played. In those nine full games played, Tyreek Hill averaged nearly 25 points per game. He was at 24.8. It was averaging 120 receiving yards per game. Like, those two together were fantastic for fantasy. And when you're looking at the Dolphins offense, it's Tyreek Hill and it's Jalen Waddell. And there's really no one else there that deserves to get very many targets at all. So I think all those targets are just going to funnel through those two guys. So that's why I put Tyreek Hill first. Over Jefferson, who is absolutely amazing, and he's going to score a ton of points. But he just has a little bit more competition this year with them adding in Jordan Addison, with them trading for TJ Hawkinson last year and his first year with the team, with KJ Osborne still there. So that that's why I went with Tyreek Hill over Jefferson. I just think his floor is a little bit safer from week to week, and his ceiling is just as high. Yeah, I do like the call. I mean, he was on pace at one point to break the receiving record last year. He's, again, motivated to chase 2,000 receiving yards, which is, of course, going to make him a top fantasy receiver, I'm going to guess, if he gets there. So 
I do like that call. It's bold. I mean, it was pretty close for me with Tyreek Hill. I actually put him at three because I feel a little bit the same about Jamar Chase, maybe having a big year. I think Jefferson, look, we know that he's special and he's done it for three years. So there's not much to say about him. But Jamar Chase, I think disappointed some last year was hurt a little bit. But I think you're going to see the separation, right, with the Bengals a little bit. I think T. Higgins, as much as they'd like to keep him around, I think he's going to be too expensive. So I think you'll see Chase develop more into that big-time go-to guy, eat up all the targets. I think what you're looking at, Tyler Boyd, maybe fading a little bit as well in this offense. So I just think Burrow to Chase is something I'm looking at in a lot of leagues. But I just think Chase is uh, the talent right there with Jefferson out of LSU. I think they're both going to be, be dominating this league for quite a while now and uh, competing for who might be the best young receiver in the NFL. I, I think it's pretty close between these two guys. So, look, I like Terry Kill, but I know he's a little bit older and I, the attrition could hit. I mean, look, I only have him at three, so I'm not dropping him too much here. But I think Chase has a little bit more ceiling to me where he'll – I think I saw a lot of the ceiling last year, right, in, in the flashes. So, I'm not sure what you can get from Tua, so you're worried about that. I mean, Joe Burrow, you could also argue, has the injury, and you're worried about that out of the gate as well. So, really, we're just uh, nitpicking a little bit, but it's fun to do that. But either way, these are the guys we want to target early, Jefferson, Chase, and Hill, I think, uh, ahead of the rest and of the field I, now. I, Go ahead. I was going to say, I have Diggs ahead of Chase. And okay. you, you well, have we'll, Chase let's talk about too. that. Um, yeah, okay, let's that's a good place to talk, talk about, and then we'll go to a cup. So, yes, I did notice now Diggs and Chase, it's a little bit of a flip flop again. I have them at two and five, you have them at three and six or three and five. So, pretty close here, Michelle. So, yeah, explain Diggs now over Chase. Yeah, I just think Diggs is incredibly consistent, right? Wide receiver five in points per game in 2022, wide receiver seven in 2021, but that was a down year when it came to uh, his completion percentage or his reception percentage. And then wide receiver three in 2020, his targets are just, they're, they're going to be there. 166, 164, 154. They didn't add really anybody else besides a rookie tight end. And I just with the 2021 year, his catch percentage was down to 63%, such an outlier for his career. He's always around 70% or higher. So I just believe like he's going to put up 1400 plus yards. He's going to have 10 plus touchdowns with uh, Josh Allen. I just think he's safer than Jamar Chase is. Jamar Chase ended up scoring fewer than 13 or fewer points per game in full PPR in five of his 12 games played. So yes, he is amazing and he has those huge ceiling games but he also has those games where he it is just a little bit inconsistent because of how many targets there are in the Bengals offense so that's why I have him down at five I'm going to take the other guys who are just safer when it comes to volume on a week-to-week basis because I also have Cooper Cup at four ahead of Chase as well yeah I, I think really it's preference I mean okay let's just add an addendum here that you can just say look any of these guys are in good shape, right? And there's a good case for all these guys to go ahead of a running back that you might be thinking about, even as high as Chris McCaffrey, right? I mean, there's some rankings where you see Jefferson ahead of McCaffrey because, again, in general, these guys are safer picks. There's a lot more volatility with the running backs at the top versus the wide receivers at the top. Now, we do have an interesting thing with Cup at four because, again, it clearly says that neither of us are scared about his ankle injury, but – should we be? Should we think about that more? I mean, 
The one thing I'll say, Michelle, is that he had a major knee injury. And what did he do? He came back at full speed and had one of the yeah. biggest receiving seasons ever. So I think that's why we're ranking Cooper Cup high. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, all this man does is score fantasy points. He was the wide receiver one in points per game last year by a, a good amount. And he was a wide receiver one in 2021 by a gazillion points. And like just looking at last year, he only played, what, not even half of a season. Well, he, he missed eight games, right? So about half of a season. He was one of four wide receivers last year with 25-plus fantasy points in five-plus games. He didn't play for half of a season. He was just one of four wide receivers to hit that. He had two games with 30 plus fantasy points. Only Jefferson and Adams had more. Again, he played eight games. Like every game he's in, he's going to score a ton of points. And I'm not worried about like all the videos right now. It looks like Cooper Cup is pretty much healthy. They're just playing it safe with him at this moment. So I think he'll be fine once we get to the regular season. Yeah, there's really not much else there, right, at receiver that you look at for the Rams, and they're going to have to throw to him quite a bit. So he's going to eat up those targets. Now, another interesting development we have here, his uh, former quarterback, Jared Goff, is playing with Amon Ross St. Brown in Detroit. And we're both really high on him ahead of the markets. You have him at six, I am at seven, so pretty much even there. A lot of it to me, Michelle, is just, number one, the talent is there. Like, he's proved it for two years now after a lot of people doubted him last year. It was just a case of him having to dominate the targets because they had no one else. But that's why he just dominating the targets because he's better than all those players. And now E.J. Hawkinson is gone. You're transitioning to Sam Laporta, so it's a rookie tight end, a little bit of volatility there. Jameson Williams has a suspension. I think this is, again, a perfect environment for St. Brown to keep it coming. I think this could be his biggest year yet. I think he's been really good as a slot receiver, obviously, for the first two years. But maybe he takes that leap, right? And guess who did that with Jared Goff? It was Cooper Cup working the slot. So I wonder if St. Brown has that ceiling here. He definitely does because you've already seen him perform so well for fantasy whenever he makes it through. Like there were some games he dealt with injury, injury issues and he was missing snaps and that wasn't great for fantasy, but the games he was healthy and he played full. He's consistently scoring, you know, 15, 20 more or even more points than that in any of those games because of how much volume he's getting. And we expect that to happen again. But the reason why there's also room for growth is that, the team had so many rushing touchdowns last year. Jamal yeah. Williams had so many rushing touchdowns. There's there's room for Jared Goff to throw more touchdowns this year. And Amon Ra has never been a big touchdown scorer yet in his career. There's room for that to grow. So if he ends up scoring touchdowns with the target volume he has, he honestly has a chance to be a top three wide receiver this season. Yeah, he's special. He plays in great offense, great uh, coordinator there in uh, Ben Johnson. So looking forward to what they can do in the next year with this Lions offense. So the one uh, thing that we have a little difference on, we both have Garrett Wilson at eight. So that's good, but a little bit difference in our rankings in the fact that I have CeeDee Lamb at number six. You have Devontae Adams at seven, both ahead of Wilson. Now I'll explain why I have Wilson ahead of Adams. I'll do that here first and you can get into why cd lamb's not your top eight in a second um i'm just gonna say look wilson has got the higher upside and i'm looking at the quarterback here we know who Devonte adams had right for a long time aaron Rodgers. he was even okay with Derek carr last year right his old fresno state quarterback but now jimmy garoppolo's in there not a big touchdown guy you have potentially Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer making starts at some point because Jimmy G's 
fragility here. I just think Adams is due for a fade, maybe overdue. Look, we're not dropping him too far. I have him in the next tier right behind Garrett Wilson. I just think Wilson is maybe the new Adams rising here and uh, going to benefit a lot from Aaron Rodgers where Adams, uh, look, he's fought through a lot of uh, quarterback situation in the past, but look, he's had a great right between Rodgers and Carr. It's finally now an unfamiliar situation where I think it's going to hurt him a little bit enough to put Wilson ahead of him. And I'm completely fine if you want to draft Wilson ahead of Adams, especially now. I mean, Adams is dealing with the leg injury. We don't really know yeah. what's going on. Head coach Josh McDaniels said, like, it's not too serious of an injury or like it's, it's worded somewhat like that. I don't know what to take from that, right? We have no idea what that means. Is he back by week one? Will he be back at practice this week? Like, we have no idea. So if you want to play it safe and go with Garrett Wilson, he's going to be great with Aaron Rodgers. He's such a special talent. And also, we just, like you said, we don't know what's going to look like with Jimmy Garoppolo to Devontae Adams' connection. The reason why I have CeeDee Lamb out of my top eight, right? So he's at my Mm -hmm. wide receiver 10, spoiler alert. It's because... A, he was a wide receiver seven in fantasy points per game last year. So it's not that crazy of a drop-off that I'm giving him. But he had 156 targets last season. He was the only real wide receiver that Dak could trust last year because Michael Gallup was coming off the ACL tear. And there wasn't really anybody. Like Noah Brown was the next guy up. And that's completely changed this year. So in 2021, C.D. Lamb's target percentage was only at 19%. This past year, it went all the way up to nearly 29%. That's a 10% jump. And I don't see that staying the same when you add in Brandon Cooks, when you have Michael Gallup coming back from a year removed, when you have Tony Pollard on the field more and he's such a great pass catcher. Then all of a sudden, Deuce Vaughn looked like a pretty great pass catcher in the preseason as well in the first game. I I think his targets go down a bit, and that's why I have him moving down my ranks just a little bit as well. He's going to be fine, but I don't think he's worth his ADP this year. And, you know, I I just like the nine guys I have in front of him better. Yeah, I think, look, we're really close with a lot of these guys, but part of the reason we're really close is just there's so much talent on the board, right? There's just so many guys that can do damage, and this was why these wide receivers in a lot of cases are starting to become safer than some of the running backs that you can have in the same spot. So we'll talk about a bunch of other guys that are really talented here in our next segment, including AJ Brown. We both have him at nine spoiler alert, but see who's the other look at the top 16 here in our next segment. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you that this episode of lockdown fantasy football is brought to you by Nutrafol and Guys, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. You just don't need to do that with Nutrafol because you're going to uh, be able to have both here. And it's a really uh, great product here. It provides a whole body health approach for men. It's going to promote healthier hair for you. There's no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? I've been there. It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your Fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patent technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you 
personalized plan for better health through whole body wellness. So check it out right now. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners here to Lockdown Fantasy Football $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. And enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Find out why more than 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol.com slash men. And enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All right. It is uh, time to get into our next grouping of wide receivers. Uh, so we go from the wide receiver ones into the wide receiver twos, Michelle, in this segment. So I did tease that A.J. Brown is number nine. Yeah, we like him. And he's right there with those other guys that we mentioned. So pretty elite there for him. We have C.D. Lamb and Devontae Adams. Michelle, 10 for Lamb, 10 for me with Adams. So that's fine. We have uh, Jalen Wall and Chris Lave flip-flopped here. She has Waddle 11 and 12, and I have the exact opposite there with Olave and Waddle. Then I have uh, Calvin Ridley at 13. Michelle has Devonta Smith at 13. I have him at 14. So Calvin Ridley is my aggressive ranking here at 13. Uh, DK Metcalf is at 14 for Michelle. I've got DJ Moore at 15. Amari Cooper comes in at 15 for Michelle. Then she rounds out her top 16 with T. Higgins, and I've got Amari Cooper at 16. So interesting that we have a lot of uh, similarities here. There's obviously a few different guys that we're going to look at, but First, we'll look at one guy that is very similar here is uh, Chris Olave. And this guy has been buzzing upward. I think there's a lot of talk about Garrett Wilson, but maybe not about Chris Olave given that situation in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, Chris Olave has a chance here to really break out in a second season. He already was so good last season. So I want to just go through this list real quick, okay? This is a list of wide receivers since 2010 to have 70-plus receptions and 1,000-plus receiving yards in their rookie season. It's Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, OBJ, Calvin Benjamin, and Keenan Allen. That list is amazing. Besides Calvin Benjamin, that list is elite, and that's who he's in a group with. So both Olave and Garrett Wilson are in great situations this year from historically from what they've done in their rookie season to take that next step forward in their second year. And Garrett Wilson is kind of getting all the love this year because he gets Aaron Rodgers and Chris Olave gets Derek Carr. But we saw Derek Carr be able to support Devontae Adams last year. I mean, Adams yeah. had 14 touchdowns, put up uh, 1,500 yards. So I, I do think Derek Carr really likes to have that one go-to guy. And Chris Olave definitely has the talent to do that. Uh, but, you know, if Michael Thomas wasn't there, I think I would even have him ranked higher. But I do think Michael Thomas steals away some of the targets. That's why I have him at 12 instead of in my top eight this year. Well, there's a good chance Michael Thomas is not going to be there, Michelle. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> you'll find a way That's not right. to be there. So yes, I think we can just count on that pretty much like every year at this point. So that, that's uh, definitely something we're going to watch with Olave if his uh, ADP and ranking continues to rise and the price is high. And look, if the price is high, you might uh, say, look, I'll go in a different direction. But right now, I think the price is just perfect for him. Yep. Now, let's look at the differences here. And uh, we'll start with yours, Michelle. You have T. Higgins in at 16. I do not have him in this group. And you also have DK Metcalf at 14, and I do not have him in this group. And Higgins' ADP is 13, Metcalf is 15, and Michelle, you're bumping him up. Uh, explain why both of these guys, why you like them a little bit more ahead of the markets. 
Well, I will say T Higgins is I'm below T Higgins in the market. Right. And I've been talking about that a bit. I do have him ranked one spot ahead of where you have him, but he's going as wide receiver 13 ADP. I have him at wide receiver 16. I don't think he's worth his draft costs at all, but I do think he lands around this spot because I mean, last year is a wide receiver 18 and fantasy points per game. He's incredibly consistent. When it comes to what he's done in his career, it's kind of wild. I mean, when you go through his targets, 108, 110, 109. That's within 108 to 110 for all three careers. And then when touchdown, 667 yards per reception, 13.6, 14.7, 13.9. You know what you're getting from T. Higgins. And that's kind yeah. of my thing here. When he's being drafted as a wide receiver 13, you're not hoping that's his ceiling, right? And I kind of think that is with T. Higgins. If you're taking a guy's wide receiver 13, you want him to have a ceiling as a top eight guy at least. And I think T. Higgins' ceiling is around wide receiver 13, where he'll probably end somewhere around wide receiver 15, 16, 17. And it's, he's not going to kill you if you take him, but he's just he's not a guy I am looking to get. And then DK Metcalf, my whole thing with him is I just expect his touchdowns to increase. He was getting the targets last year. I do expect those to come down a little bit while his efficiency increases. And he's used so much in the end zone. Uh, like I, I've said this on the podcast a week ago, but he had 22 end zone targets last year, three more than anyone else in the NFL. It just didn't come, it didn't come to fruition where he came down with those. I expect that to increase this year. So I have him ranked a bit higher. I will say, though, once you get past the Chris Olave spot, so the top 12 of my guys that I have ranked the top 11 of yours, I think like the Devonta Smith, the DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, they kind of are all in the same tier to me as we get down to all the way down to our wide receiver 24. Yeah. So I'm not dying to get any of these guys in the draft because I can just get guys later that I think will produce pretty similar to them. Yeah, that's a really good point. This is a very strong grouping of wide receivers that, I mean, the fact that we're debating some of these really talented players again in the second grouping just shows you the great depth and talent at this position. Now, I have two guys aggressively over a lot of people here. Calvin Ridley at 13. Look, I said he's part of the career year, guys. And this is this stemming from the fact that when we last saw Calvin Ridley, we know what he did. He was a top five wide receiver by most of the numbers here when you look at his Atlanta work. So the, he's fully rested here. He's rejuvenated. He's ready to go at it with Trevor Lawrence, who can have a big year as well, breaking out. And I think this passing volume is going to be high as well. So I like Ridley as a go-to guy in an offense that I trust now, right? Completely into it with Doug Peterson and Press Taylor, given what they did last year with Lawrence in the second half of the season, winning a playoff game. I think that's the offense that's going to build momentum. And we know that it's been an environment where Christian Kirk provide a lot of numbers. And I think Ridley kind of slides Kirk down into a different level here. And Ridley is the guy that we want in Jacksonville this year. Now, DJ Moore, look, I know there's some buzz coming out of the preseason game. I know he didn't do anything except catch a short pass and go the distance. But I think what you see, we've talked about this a lot, right? The digs effect on Josh Allen, the Brown effect on Jalen Hurts. There's something very similar about this. And look, DJ Moore is above and beyond the best receiver in Chicago. I get it, it's not a high volume passing game. When they pass, DJ Moore is going to be targeted a ton here. I mean, you can't really trust Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Cole Komet is a very good blocking tight end, but now you have Robert Tunyon there. So 
look, DJ Moore is going to dominate targets, and it's a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks tend to target one guy a lot. So I think DJ Moore, another career year guy stamped, I think he has a monster year here. In Chicago, it's finally a big-arm quarterback that's going to unlock him the way that maybe young Cam Newton did. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you here. And I probably have DJ Moore ranked too low. I have him at 21. You, I, I'm like jealous of your ranking of him at 15. I wish I could be braver here because it really is the same type of situation, like you said, with Diggs and Brown. People might not remember because now, you know, they Diggs and Brown both put up 1,400 plus receiving yards in a season at this point or multiple of them. But DJ Moore has averaged 65 career receiving yards so far. And Prior to Diggs and Brown being traded, they were right there. Diggs was averaging 66 receiving yards per game in his career. A.J. Brown was at 69. So it's not like these guys were putting up huge numbers before they got traded. And in their first season after being traded, they put up 1,400 receiving yards. I do think D.J. Moore is a special talent. He and Justin Jefferson are the only two players to have 300-plus receiving yards. Sorry, 300 plus receptions and average over 14 yards per reception since 2019. He is a special talent. He just needs, you know, a, a better offense and a better quarterback. And I think he has that. So I'm jealous. Yeah, of and I, I've liked DJ Moore for quite a while here. I'll be honest. I have some personal thing with DJ Moore here because I was at the game uh, when he had like 200 receiving yards from Maryland. I'm like, Who's this guy? He's going to light it up. And then he gets drafted by the Panthers here down the street. And I feel every time I've uh, had a chance to talk to this guy or think about him, he's just a guy that is committed. He's driven. He's tough. He's going to play all the games as well. And I, I think that's what I like about him as well. I think he's got that mentality as well with Stefan Diggs and Adrian Brown playing with a little chip on the shoulder. And that's important here for these wide receivers to also produce. It's uh, one of those underrated things. Something to prove is always important. We'll, we'll have something to prove here with our final set of rankings for this particular wide receiver show. We're going to go through 24. We'll do the back half of wide receivers deep there. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we will look at those uh, deeper wide receivers going into the pocket there to wide receiver fours and uh, getting you prep here for your draft for some depth at the position, as well as uh, some guys with upside that could crack wide receiver three stats. So check that out. Again, we're locked on fantasy football. Your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. Part of locked on network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. All right, Michelle, we're up to our final segment here, looking at the wide receiver rankings. We're going through the top 24. That means we've got 17 through 24 to talk about. I'll quickly run down mine because you said that T. Higgins was 17. That is indeed true. I have Jerry Judy at 18. DK Metcalf, I have not too far from where you have him at 19. Mike Williams, we're both high on him. I have him at 20. Deontay Johnson at 21. Keenan Allen, 22. DeAndre Hopkins at 23. Brandon Ayuk at 24. Now you have DeAndre Hopkins at 17. Debo Samuel at 18. Mike Williams, I said we're both high on him. You have him at 19, so even higher than myself. Then you have my combination of Ridley and Moore there at 20 and 21. Keenan Allen, we have the same spot at 22. Jerry Judy, not too much difference there at 23. And, and of course, Deontay Johnson also in your top 24. So let's uh, talk about this here. And we'll start with uh, DeAndre Hopkins because, look, you have him at 17. I have him at 23. In the big picture, this is not that much of a difference, but significant enough to talk about so tell me why you like Hopkins right there at the top of this group 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know he was suspended for the first six games last year, but when he came back, he was a wide receiver nine in points per game last season, averaging 16.9 points. And that's counting his week 16 performance that he had 10 targets for one reception and four yards because he had Trace McSorley throwing him the ball and it just was terrible. But if you're just like, A, if you're just looking at that whole picture, that's pretty amazing. But Let's say we take away that week 16 game because he won't be playing with McSorley. If you look at week seven through 15, the games he actually played, uh, he averaged 18.8 fantasy points per game. Only less than Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and A.J. Brown during that span. He is the clear-cut top wide receiver, top just receiver for the Titans this year. And we've seen Ryan Tannehill support a top-tier fantasy wide receiver before in recent history with AJ Brown. It's not like we've never seen him be able to sport this really great wide receiver. So I, I think Hopkins gets it done. I think he still has juice in the tank and uh, I probably wide receiver 17 is even too low for him with the amount of targets he'll get this year. And hopefully he can, it, it all comes down to the touchdowns, I think with how high his ceiling is. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, Michelle, I might have even put Hopkins lower, but I'm just a little bit afraid here that he's DeAndre Hopkins and he's going to prove me wrong, as he tends to do with a lot of uh, people here. I mean, there is a question of the fade. There was some of that scout chatter. Is he done? So I'm a little bit concerned with that. The other thing that kind of takes me away from him a little bit, I'm not necessarily going to target him. I'll just be honest with you. Just because, look, there's Traylon Burks and Chica Conquo. And what's interesting is the Titans are low-volume passing game, but I think their targets, their three targets, are pretty good here. So I'm not sure that Hopkins are going to separate. And I also kind of read where the Titans were at. I mean, look how long it took for them to think about DeAndre Hopkins. I think they were settling on some of these guys and maybe weren't happy with the depth there with the Nick Westbrook-Akine and some other guys they had. So I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to get from Hopkins. He's a bit of a wild card for me. And if he's an aging receiver, I'm going to tend to fade him a little bit. So that's my explanation there. Now, I think I'm doing the same thing here with Debo Samuel. You have him at 18. I do not have him in this group, and here's why. I just don't I just don't think that we're looking at – yeah, I mean, someone wants to know exactly about that, uh, especially here. But you look at Brandon Ayuk, and I think he's more productive with Brock Purdy. I think this is the receiver that is – the guy they drafted in the first round. They want him to be that go-to guy. Look, Debo's been great, but Christian McCaffrey's taking all the short passes. George Kittle's taking the tough stuff over the middle. Brandon Ayuk is stretching the field. What is Debo Samuel doing except getting hurt? I'm not sure. So this is a tough, aggressive fade for me. But I Debo, I think we've seen the best of Debo, I hate to say. I think he just takes so much abuse with that body, and I, I don't – Trust him. I think Ayuk, the 49ers have challenged him, right? They've put him in a doghouse. They said, you got to be better than this. And he finally showed up last year and he big time productive last year. So I like Ayuk better than Samuel in this offense at this point. Look, this is my personal take and read on the situation, but I feel like Purdy Ayuk is where I want to go versus Purdy Samuel. See, I, I could not be more opposite. It's not that I think that Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel will end up getting like crazy different numbers. I just think the way you get it from either of these guys is going to matter. Right. And I will, Devo was bad last year. He was, but he even admits it himself. He says it was a terrible year. He came in overweight. I mean, he was dealing with that whole contract issue. He wasn't with the team. He was, you know, fighting with them all off season long. 
he looks so much more fit right now, right? I know we're in the season of best shape of my life, but he really does look like in great yeah. shape. So I think that's going to help him get open more. We have to remember in 2021, he put up over 1,400 receiving yards. It wasn't all just like work on the ground. I do think everyone in this 49ers offense is going to have inconsistent target share. Right. Yeah, There's yeah. so many weapons to go around that from week to week to week, you don't know who's going to get the work besides Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be great every week. But besides that, with Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle, you don't know who's going to be the main target in any given week. So with that, with that being the case and everyone being inconsistent, I want the guy that has crazy upside in any given week. And that is Debo. I mean, Debo's had nine games or eight games with 20 plus fantasy points over the last two seasons. Ayuk has only had two. Debo has four games with 25 plus points, and this is in half PPR. Ayuk has zero. So, like, cool, Ayuk can give me 14 points in any given week if he actually gets the targets that week. But, like, am I really going to play him and risk getting nothing from him just for those 14 points? I don't really care to do that. If I have one of these guys, I want the guy that can put up 20, 30 points in my roster and actually went a week for me, uh, and I'll take that risk that maybe he won't get targeted that week. Yeah, I mean, I'm torn on these guys, and you're right. Like, um, you know, my watch wanted to chime in there. Like, yeah, I could ask my watch who's going to go off for the 49ers this week, and it could be a different answer, right? Like, oh, yeah, this is a Debo week. This is an Ayuk week. Oh, this is George Kittle's week to dominate. Like, that is kind of what you have to expect with the 49ers receivers. And maybe this is an indication that I have Ayuk all the way down to 24 that – I don't want to invest too much in either of these guys just yeah. because I don't know and I don't like that, right? I don't like zero to hero type players. I just don't like them as much as those consistent players. And maybe that's kind of the indication here that I'm giving with these two rankings, uh, maybe deep within my soul. So uh, we'll think about that here as we break down another duo on another team, Mike Williams versus Keen Allen. This one, Michelle, we're harmonious on. So I'm happy about that that we both like Mike Williams. He, look, he's a plus talent. All he has to do is stay on the field and get that downfield passing game. We know the effect that Kellen Moore's offense had early with Michael Gallup when he was healthy. Same type of receiver, big with speed, can finish in the red zone as well. So I like Mike Williams. I, I just don't get Keenan Allen being ranked ahead of him and much higher than we have him at 22. I just don't get it. He's a fading receiver. He gets older with each year. He gets to be a bigger durability risk with each year. And this is why buzz over Quentin Johnson exists. This is why they drafted Quentin Johnson. And they have Josh Palmer and Mike Williams. So go for the youth and the big playability. I think you agree yeah. with me here with Mike Williams. Exactly. You hit on everything. I, I want the guy. I think Justin Herbert's going to have a great year. I think they passed on the field more. Mike Williams is that guy who can get it done down the field. He is that guy who gets the end zone targets. So I want those quality targets over Keenan Allen, who Keenan Allen's going to be fine. He's going to get a bunch of targets, but Mike Williams definitely has the higher upside in any given week. So I'm going to take the high upside with a quarterback in Justin Herbert that I think has super high upside this year. I think both are going to be good for fantasy. I just I think Mike Williams has the higher ceiling, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see with my rankings in particular, I'm going for some ceiling, and I think Michelle goes for that too. Maybe at different spots here where we're looking to take advantage of that. And you're right, though. Michelle made a very good point about look at the talent here. I mean, it's pretty deep, and we're just like a few spots different on some guys, but. The talent is great, and it goes all the way, I think, through Deontay Johnson. You have him at 24. I'm around the same at 21. Look, there's a touchdown positive regression. I'm not a big fan of that term, but 
it is what it is. It does exist, and it's there. And look, if you score zero times, you're likely to score a lot. Look what happened to Miles Sanders, right? He scored zero times the year before, and he was a double-digit machine the following year. So that's usually what happens. There's just volatility with that. And Deontay Johnson's too good of a route runner, too good of a receiver overall. He's going to have an improving quarterback in Kenny Pickett. And we've talked about this. I think George Pickens is a flashy pick and a little bit later, but Deontay Johnson is more of the solid pick, I think, in this offense. So you're the Steelers person, Michelle. Break down what you like about Deontay's game. I mean, yeah, it's just absolutely kind of crazy. He had zero touchdowns last year. He had 86 receptions, 147 targets. He His 86 receptions were the most in NFL history without a single reception or without a single receiving touchdown. So, like, he made history last year. And what makes this stat line even crazier is that he led the team by a good chunk, by a good margin, in red zone and end zone targets last year. He had 15 receiving touchdowns the two years prior, over the two years prior, which led the team. And so that's why I just believe his touchdowns are going to come back to life. Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdowns last year. That's not going, that has to increase or else he's going to be out of the league. Right. But I I did see promise there in that preseason opener. And guess what? On that one drive with Kenny Pickett, the first drive of the preseason opener, Deontay Johnson already had three targets, three targets on the one drive. Yes, George Pickens came up with a nice touchdown. And I think that's maybe what we see. Both can be uh, viable fantasy options here, but the reason why I, I love Johnson is fifth most targets in the NFL over the last three seasons. You don't get that unless you're a great wide receiver. Like you earn targets. He was still the wide receiver 28 last season without scoring a touchdown, without scoring a touchdown. So if those touchdowns come, which I believe they will, he is such a good value pick this year in drafts. And I had to have him in my top 24. Yeah, I think he's a little bit like DJ Moore. Like, people don't appreciate his technical ability and him route running. And if you get really nerdy about it and watch the way they do it, it's textbook, right? They just know how to get open and make the plays that their quarterback needs. Their quarterback just has to get them the ball, right? That's the only concern in some of these uh, situations. But the quarterbacks are decent enough, right? That's all you're looking for. So we do have a lot of names that we did not get to in our uh, – top 24 and we'll break those down for you tomorrow so we'll go another 24 so we'll go all the way through 48 here so through your wide receiver fours on the board in 12 team league so we'll have that for you on tomorrow's show thanks again for making locked on fantasy football your first listen every day it's your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league part of locked on podcast network your team every day for locked on fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer and i'm michelle majuk bye y'all